0: Three, two, one.
1: This is Saturday night's all right for podcasting from Radio Elton John for Elton John World. I'm your host, George Matlock. Well, this month, we're celebrating. Yes, celebrating, I tell you, 50 years ago, Elton John's most commercially successful album was released, a gatefold. That's right, a two disc in one. We came to know it as better as the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road album. In addition to the anthem quality title track, it spawned several other hits, including Candle in the Wind, Benny and the Jets, and the song which inspired the title for this show, Saturday Night's Alright for Fighting. There are loads more of your favourites on there, aren't there? Surely. In 2003, the album was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame and it's now standing at 112 in Rolling Stone's list of greatest albums of all time. Not surprisingly, the sales speak for the album. More than 20 million certified sales worldwide and estimates of 30 million. The album was huge in the USA, where nearly half of the certified sales, that's 8 million, have been sold in half a century, and the sales carry on. So it is only apt that tonight's show links to and pays homage to that amazing album that boasts a lavish artwork. We will be talking to someone who was involved with the project, and until the download culture came along, somebody whose work is actually the first thing that hits you when you come face to face with the album. He's an illustrator, painter and children's book author. It is our delight to announce that today on our show we have Mr. Ian Beck. Thank you, thank you. Ian Beck, hello sir, how are you? Good evening, I'm very well, thank you. It's great to have you on the programme, and what an amazing time to capture you as well. October 2023. How do the 50 years go?
2: Yes, you may well ask. It seems both a long time ago and very recent. It's a very strange effect, that. <laughs>
1: okay.
2: I don't understand it, but there
1: we are. Right, okay. We're here. So it's a kind of a kaleidoscope of memories. It's there, but it's, it's also back in here as well. It's over there and it's nice. over here. Right. Okay. It's
2: quite vivid still, actually, the whole process. Yes, it's still there in my head. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Now, you're, as I mentioned in the introduction there, you, you produced the artwork for Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, the album. You worked with David Larkham. Um, what was your contribution and that of David's? How, how did you work together?
2: Well, it was, it was one of those uh, odd things I had done, made a cover for Mm -hmm. a previous album by a man called Jonathan Kelly, uh, a lovely Irish um, singer-songwriter, and the album was called Wait Until We Change The Backdrop, Mm -hmm. and the album concept and cover was done by my great friend uh, John Koch, who now is in America and is a very well-known cover designer known simply as Kosh, and he and I worked together on the Wait Until We Change, the Backdrop album. Mm -hmm. And it came out, I suppose, early 73. I think I made the artwork in 72, and the album was released in early 73, RCA. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, Elton's people, including David Larkham and uh, one or two others, had seen this cover and liked it, and felt that it kind of fitted the mood of the next album from Elton, the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Although, of course, I knew nothing of that Mm -hmm. until they uh, contacted me at my studio in uh, Covent Garden, and said, would I come round to their offices in Soho, that was Rocket Records, um, and talk about the possibility of the cover for a new record. All quite sort of hush hush at the time. So I went to the offices and they played me some tapes mm-hmm. and said, This is, you uh, know, we have some artwork already done, which was some of the inside drawings on the gatefold, um, but they had no proper cover as yet. And they liked the wait until they changed the backdrop cover and wondered if I could do something where they could use that or I could do something like that this idea of city versus countryside, mm. uh, which was the theme of the, that album. And I thought, well, it's very odd if they use the same picture, you couldn't really take somebody else's album cover. <laughs> and, <laughs> it would be a very odd idea. Right. So I went away, um, having discussed with them, various things that might appear on the cover. Could we, could I include a piano? Could I include a teddy bear? They're little, little nuggets of info like that. Mm. But it was up to me to come up with a concept of how how it might work with this idea of the countryside and the city and so on. So I went away and worked up some um, rough drawings. I think there were about four in all uh, which I took back to the office to go through with the the designer uh, which included Mike Ross and someone called David Costa. And we all sat around and discussed. They all liked this one particular, one, the one which we finally went for, which was him stepping in or off the yellow, on or off the Yellow Brick Road. Who knows? Anyway, that was the, that was how the process, the very quick process, because um, time was tight, and they had the other drinks ready for the inside of the gatefold. But I had to come up with the front cover, a back cover. With a portrait of Elton, the little portrait you see on the back Mm -hmm. and inside there is the photographs of the group and they were set in another drawing I did which was uh, the palm tree and the front of an old car. So that was it, I did three panels all together.
1: Three panels, right. And
2: I took those, yeah, the the, the three as it were 12 inch square panels which I took in again to um, Rocket Records and they placed them on a chair. We all went, oh, good. Everyone said, lovely, that's it. You know, we like this. And that's how it came about. It's it was, you know, a very quick process. I probably had 10 days to come up with everything.
1: 10 days? blind. Something
2: like that, yeah. yeah. Right.
1: So you, you worked as quick as Elton on the on the piano and composing, really? Well, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, not quite that. But, uh, yeah, I had, to, I had to work quickly. But, you know, I I, I was young, but I was used to deadlines and, and i have been illustrating for a few years so it was fine and I had to get someone to pose walking on or off the yellow brick road and I my great friend who also worked in the studio at Garrick Street Leslie McKinley Howe, kindly posed for me in his very um splendid antique uh, baseball jacket he's very tall as well mm. um and he posed um for that particular image of elton and i changed his head for elton's head basically which is why elton looks quite tall in that
1: picture right off with his plus, head plus, plus, <laughs> of course,
2: plus of course the ruby slippers yes which became the ruby platform boots yes uh, obviously i tried to put in as many connections to oz with yellow brick roads and so on and there's the tiny piano there as well yeah so we got the piano in and on the back of course there's a teddy bear
1: I mean it's fascinating. See, that, that, was, that was how
2: it came about um, you know and it was very exciting to be doing it of course.
1: Now did you do in 10 days because that's all you needed or did they say to you you've got 10 days? How? how, I did how say,
2: that- well I, as far as I remember it was something like we need it by next Friday you know one of those kind of things. Okay right. deadline right. and I, I, I did my best to deliver although it was nerve-wracking of course making something which was going to be seen <laughs> very extensively, although I didn't quite realise how extensively at that time, um, because everything was about to really explode, wasn't it? I
1: mean, Indeed. That album, yeah. Well, I think it's, it's pro- probably fair to say that this album has outdone most people's expectations. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. nobody could have seen what was going to happen over the next 50 years of this album, and it's become uh, an absolute classic standard. So you're absolutely right, and the magic of Gus Dudgeon, of course, who produced it. Um, yes. Now, uh, it, it's fascinating here you, uh, you talk about how the, the artwork came about, but it, I find it also, uh, it must have been incredibly flattering for you uh, that the, the Elton's management were even willing to take um, an artwork that you'd already produced and to reproduce it as Elton's cover.
2: Well, yes, I suppose it was. I mean, it, it, obviously that image kind of fitted... The mood, Hmm. um, if there can be such a thing, uh, the the, the graphic mood. I mean, at that time, 72-3, you know, there were no... You couldn't have a home video of an old movie. You had to go to the cinema to see them. Unless they showed them on television, which was, you know, sometimes, but rare. So there was this whole feeling for old Hod at that time, in the 70s. Um, You know see old musicals and things and Mm. that whole going to specialist cinemas at Notting Hill Gate where they showed old movies or the screen on the green and I suppose my imagery comes from the love of those period films I think you know the 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 colouring and a bit like graphic posters it's it's hard to describe it it wasn't fashionable at the time Mm. Image I made, it was kind of nursery like, if you like, in, a, in an odd sort of way, but it stood the test of time, I think, because it wasn't so much of the 70s, but it, it, it's harking back a bit further back, really.
1: Anyway. Um, it's a yeah, I mean, I would say it's a fusion, isn't it? Because you've got the platform shoes, which obviously are yeah. unmistakably nineteen mid 70s or glam rock oh, yeah, early yeah, 70s. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you've got uh, a lot a lot else that's in there, That the way the birds are flying, you know, all this kind of thing. It, it really does look 1930s, doesn't it? it has that, there is
2: a kind of lyrical thing, yes, yeah. yes, I think that's true. You know, there's and the, the kind of...
1: The, 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 the la- trees... The
2: wavy, the, wavy, the wavy road going towards the trees. Yeah, It's not unlike the famous Start Right shoe advertisement with the two little children marching down the, the road, if you remember that. There used to be big posters on the tube... Of start right shoes, the back view of two little children walking down a road with trees. Oh, it must
1: have been before my time. <laughs> oh, well, there you are, yes. <laughs> I'm very old, you see. I remember these. Things. I Actually, mean, I'm not the same
2: age as Elton, but there we are.
1: You are. I was going to say you're his same. Yeah. You're you're born the same year as Elton.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And, um so he was 26 when he made that record
1: indeed basically. as as were you yeah. as as yeah, yeah, as you right. were to do producing the, the artwork the other yeah. thing i suppose looking at the artwork of the front cover is um just the glow of the sun and the sunset and then you've got the these these trees that look almost like pins sticking up i mean that's mm. ever so 1920s 30s it's a kind of Art yep. that we would see perhaps on some of the commercial uh, posters of London Underground, of the or Q, come and visit Kew Gardens, or stuff like that. And I mean that those, yeah, in the yeah, most flattering kind of way, things. by the way. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No. No. I. I, I love all those. Those, mm. those early graphic things. I mean, yeah. There are echoes. You know, one is always echoing one's influences and all of that. It's hard to escape them. Mm. I mean, there, there. There are myriad ones there. I mean, but maybe I was just trying to get it done in time. I mean, that's, that's another, you know, yes, it should be wonderful, but also it should be done by Thursday, you
1: know. Well, you did a great job for 10 days, I can assure you of that, and I think every fan will agree with you. I mean, you, you probably would have loved working on the preceding album, of course, which is just celebrated now 50 years as well, and that was uh, Honky Chateau. In fact, we featured uh, Honky Chateau in our previous uh, programme oh. last month, and that was with Legs' Larry Smith, the tap dancer... Extraordinaire, oh, right. who 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 was on the, the song. X. I think I'm going to kill myself. Which, if, if you remember yeah. him, if you remember that song, that's very 1920s gritty bar kind of, yes. you know, honky tonk piano playing.
2: Sure, sure.
1: You know, if, if I don't know, I think you you could have just sat sat there with a, with a bit of canvas and um, with your 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 tools of, of the trade, and you could have conjured up an amazing bit of artwork just around that song. I'm sure
2: quite possible thanks larry smith um ex bonzo dog doodah back
1: that's back right back, indeed remember. indeed yeah. yes, we, yes we spoke plenty about that and as well oh, but, yeah <laughs> so, yeah oh, so. wonderful
2: I saw, I saw them live once it was at sussex oh. university
1: oh
0: really Very
2: exciting yeah yeah they had, he put false teeth <laughs> the false teeth that we wind up on the drums
1: so oh, they rattled God.
2: around on the drums which i remember the only thing i can remember really
1: a zany very good. a zany fella a lovely chap
2: exactly
1: i'm sure exactly. he'll be listening to this episode because he certainly listened to the previous one obviously and um, and and uh-huh. i'm sure he's going to love what you've just said so i'll 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 make sure he's aware but uh, wonderful oh
2: good
1: <laughs> so yeah. yeah so that was legs larry smith and and of course that song you know i think i'm going to kill myself was a good example of that kind of style and and that that era the 20s and the 30s so mm. I can certainly see you fitting in there, but it's incredible. So, coming back to the question around David, David Larkham. So, presumably, he was. How would you describe him? Like artistic director, or what was his you, kind you, of role? You've
0: been
2: the art. I think. You, I think he was in America at the time. Mm. I think he was remote. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was it was Mike Ross that I saw mostly, and David Costa, at the office um, mm-hmm. on my couple of visits when I brought in ruffs and things, um, and of course, you couldn't email stuff in those days you yeah. had to trudge around with the actual bits of paper which was fine and I, I made a a kind of a working drawing before I made the final painting of the front cover and that working drawing came to light um, a few years back I gave it away oh. <laughs> to my brother-in-law who was a filmmaker he collected things he was a very inveterate collector and he said oh could I have that and could you sign it? And I did. And he tucked it away somewhere in, a, in his house. He died in 2004. And only very recently, amongst his collection, uh, that drawing was found. So it was rather wonderful to see it again. And, of course, I worked bigger than the 12-inch square of the record. So the actual drawing is about uh, about 15% bigger than that.
1: And what is the... So if you, can you the
2: original, it would be slightly mm-hmm. bigger.
1: And what was what was depicted in the picture? Just so I know, it's difficult on radio to to show this um, without the image being in front. But what, what would what, what did well, the, it look the, like? The
2: final the final image the the, the, the the drawing that I made my work from would be on detail paper, which is very thin paper, mm-hmm. drawn with pencil, and then I got my drawing surface, which in those days we used um, illustration board. Which would be watercolor paper on t- fused with cardboard so it was flat and and you could work on out the surface warping which mm. paper might do and then using uh, the tracing on the thin paper and something called um dragon's blood paper which is paper with covered in red dust and you put the red dust paper between the tracing right surface of your uh, illustration board mm-hmm. and draw through and then you get a red outline appearing on your final paper and that's when I start colouring it in a bit like a colouring book.
1: Really. I was going to say that sounds a little yeah. bit like that doesn't it? Doctor and... <laughs> I mean,
2: Yeah well it's, it's a process used mm. throughout art history I mean mm. they used to call it pouncing so they would prick their drawing with pinholes and then rub dust through the pinholes then the the dust dots would appear on the wall or the canvas or the board they were painting on to start for, work, to work out their design. Hmm. You work it out separately to the final thing and then recreate it. Right. That's my method anyway.
1: Right, fantastic. Now, tried let's, and tested. Tried and tested. So just looking uh, at the front cover of Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, obviously there's a lot going on in this picture, um, but just sort of going around it in a kind of uh, clockwise manner so starting yep. in the top uh, uh left corner uh yes w- what what do we have there it looks like clouds and a little bit of a town it, it,
2: well, it's a sort of is it alicante to <laughs> a, no it's a factory i think it's, it's a, a factory. factory chimney with some clouds right
1: so industrial and some
2: broken and some jagged glass on top of a brick wall mm. just a kind of suggestion of cityscape really yeah and above that a jumbo jet
1: yes oh that's the that's the jumbo jet up, flying
2: in at an angle suggesting kind of you know well living under the flight path. (laughs) But oddly, very oddly, just to take that little section, um, a conspiracy theorist put up a thing a few years ago on one of the social media platforms suggesting that this prefigured 9-11
1: I thought you were going to say get, that, and, and get, then I thought, get no. Get your head round that if you yeah. can.
2: Yeah.
1: Bizarrely <laughs> enough, it's what came to my mind when you said conspiracy theory. It was the first thing that yeah, came to my mind bizarrely.
2: They, they, they thought that was a twin tower mm. in flames and a jumbo jet. Well, it's just a factory chimney with smoke, so. Yeah. I, I, had, no pri- I had no prior knowledge of 9 11.
1: Indeed, Weird. indeed, Weird. indeed. Yeah. So then, you've got obviously the name of the t- uh, of the album across the top above Elton, yes. and then going to the top uh, right hand side, you've got um, mm. what looks like Elton pulling down a piece of the canvas and revealing well, he's something pulling down, underneath. He's
2: pulling down the poster of his previous album. Don't shoot me, I'm the piano player. If if you look at that cover, mm. you'll see there is a poster on a little um, stand in front of the cinema the piano player album and that Mm -hmm. says Elton John with some music notes and I was asked to put that in as if he was breaking through that album and going on to the next one right which is why that little corner of that poster is as it is that was a suggestion from the designer
1: fascinating which
2: I was happy to carry out so, so that's, that's what that is. Yeah. So the
1: designer, in this case, being who 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 would be who takes the credit for that either,
2: idea, either David Larkham, Dave, or um, Mike Ross would have just, Ross. one of them would have suggested that. Mm. You know, in a sort of group talk, yeah. Can we can we add that previous album poster and have him tearing through it, which is what we've got.
1: Was that the only? Just out of interest, was that the only intervention that these uh, learned gentlemen had in the artwork, or, or did they make other suggestions?
2: Well, that, those sort of suggestions came along at the rough stage, you know, mm. get it all done at the rough stage, then the final thing and go ahead as, as agreed. So at that rough stage, I guess those sort of things would have been mentioned, yes. Like so, adding the piano and so on.
1: So adding the piano. and the, But the platform shoes, that was your idea, right? You took the, the red slippers and you turned them yeah, into... I, I
2: just thought, come on, <laughs> we have to have them. Yeah. He's got to have ruby slippers and if he's on the yellow brick road, and yeah. luckily... Those platform boots lent themselves well. They certainly um, did. I think that, I wonder what if he had them made by Andy in Shepherd's Bush. He was the great platform boot maker, apparently. Right. In the early 70s. Yeah, someone called Andy.
1: Andy, right. <laughs> Andy in <laughs> and Shepherd's I'm Bush. I'm sure that shop has long gone, but um, anyway. Oh, no,
2: yeah, it was a private maker. I, th- I think you had to know. It wasn't a shop, I don't think.
1: Oh, right. OK, it was in the know. You had to be in the know. OK. Yeah,
2: I think he made things. Yeah.
1: Do you think also that the theme for this album cover um, was very much uh, that everyone has had consciously or subconsciously thought of the 1930s in this? Because, I mean, so obviously, that's what you came up with, in effect, with this sort of artwork. Yeah. But I'm sort of thinking yeah. also, um, you know, and, and as you said, it was also something that was very popular at that time. Um, as a style and it was, all, it was something that people were kind yeah. of harking back yeah. to and you, as you say it was something you yes. could only see in the cinema you couldn't see it anywhere else so that, no. m- and, and the fact that we're talking about The Yellow Brick Road which of course is The Wizard of Oz Yes and that of course is, was a classic film from that era so is that, is that why we're, we're getting all these themes coming together do you think that was part and parcel of it Oh
2: I think so yeah I think so definitely I mean, the title alone suggests, in a way, suggests everything. Yeah. You know, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. There's the Yellow Brick Road.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. Um, the only thing that's missing is we don't have a doggy. We've got, we've got Elton. No, we don't have a doggy. We've got no, Elton as Dorothy. No. We've got Elton as Dorothy. Quite well, tall. A tall Dorothy. A uh, tall Dorothy. Yes. But, but we don't have any doggies. <laughs> no,
2: we don't. Sorry. Oh. No. It didn't
1: come to... I love come too. Yeah, me too, as does Elton. No,
2: it wasn't discussed, it wasn't discussed, no. Right. Dogs weren't mentioned. Teddy bears, yes, dogs, no.
1: I mean, of course, now with the benefit of hindsight, we can say, what, what an amazing album, you know, everybody, the whole cavalry should have been involved on this album, you know, blah, blah, blah. At the time, we didn't know that, obviously. Nobody knew how this was going to turn out. But um, do you sometimes feel that it's a shame that Elton himself wasn't involved in thinking about the artwork? Because it's his album after. It's got his name over the top. Well, actually, not in this case. It's got Goodbye, a little bit right over the top. But you know what I mean.
2: Yeah, I, I do know what you mean, yes. Well, I don't know. I've never had any contact with him personally. Mm. Um, it would have been interesting, obviously, but, um, you know, it, it, it just didn't happen like that. Right. Obviously, he trusted, he trusted um, the people around him.
1: Sure, sure. Who
2: were very seasoned designers and mm. so on. You knew what they were doing.
1: Yeah.
2: And, of course, a few years later... Um, I did do the program cover for the farewell tour. Yes. Which was, which was an echo of that cover, but in a different way. Mm. Using a different image of Elton.
1: Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I,
2: and I made that into an evening rather than a sunset and we replaced the factory with the um, the shard and mm-hmm. so on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Small it, it small differences. Around again. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: What we ought to do is get the two albums out. A bit of fun here, folks. Put the two out. Al- put the album cover on on the left. Put the the tour, final tour, um, uh, artwork on the right, and then do a little spot the difference and see oh, if we can tell the difference. What bits well, are different? There are differences, yes. Yeah, clearly. I can't even do that. So I've got them both here somewhere.
0: Right. I can't do that. I can do it. Right. There we
2: are. I'm looking at them now. So yeah. he's tearing a poster. As he is on the mm-hmm. album cover, but behind it is blank.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting.
2: And there's also a tear, a tear in the middle poster of the farewell tour cover, and through it you can see the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road cover. So there's a transparency, as it were, a hole in which you can see the Yellow Brick Road cover underneath. How in amazing! Two and there's a large letter E, propped up against the wall, instead of the music notes. Which we have on the album cover. Mm-hmm. I signed it in the same place, <laughs> and this tiny piano is there as well, or another version of it. Yeah. And it's the Bluebird, but the moon is out and the sky is blue, and Elton's wearing a, this particular outfit, which I was sent
0: mm-hmm.
2: under great uh, pictures of him in that outfit under great secrecy. Mm-hmm. Please sign this NDA and all that, you know, um, and and that's how that progressed it was an amazing thing to be working on it you know I thought wow this is something and nicely enough inside the program there is a piece on the original cover um, and he's on the back stepping through a large letter E on the back with the star which I was happy to see popped up on screen at the the performance at Glastonbury
1: so at the end you mentioned earlier the the sort of tear and the and the sort of blank area mm. i mean mm. what do you think that signifies that, that blankness I, I
2: suppose it's like coming to an end I indeed mean, I, I, it's night nighttime you know the the sky is darker mm. the moon is out this is the last time i'll be doing all of this possibly
1: yeah. it must have been Something. therefore both for the artist of course but also for you tinged with some sadness you were you were you were commissioned 50 years on to to yeah. work again on this on this work yeah. on, I mean again yeah. what you've been doing is adapting art. So you, you adapted Kelly's work, right, to, to bring it to Elton and then yes. you, you've you've adapted it again <laughs> to do <laughs> yeah, the farewell. Exactly. Um, something like that. Something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, there's a bit of that. I mean and 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 of course you're you're perfectly gifted to produce original work, but there you go. You've been you know been sort of working on this. It's been a sort of a, a life a lifetime
2: An, orgo- an ongoing uh, thing yes, Yeah. It's true.
1: it's a bit like some of um, um, uh, the, the the Spanish uh, artist uh, um, uh, Gaudi, some of his work, including the famous cathedral oh. in Barcelona, which was a yes, a, which to this day Different. remains in, incomplete. You know,
2: yes, well, I do think they just recently have allegedly completed. They it. have now, yes, that's
1: very true. Very yeah. very recently, that's, that is so. the case. Yeah, um, yeah.
2: The, the the thing about the doing the the tour cover was that I couldn't get the right paper. They no longer no longer in existence. Oh they really? Made the the. Uh, Collier & Southey Fashion Illustration Board, CS2, mm. which I used for the original cover in 73. Couldn't get it anymore. So I had to kind of get an approximation. It's not too bad, but it, it, it didn't behave in exactly the same way as the old one, didn't
1: it? Did it pose problems for you not being able to get that original paper? Did it create not, certain not challenges? Really,
2: I, I'm used to working on this particular paper, mm. and uh, paper rather than board, mm. and it worked out. It was fine. I just had to concentrate and be very careful with it to get the colours right for the tracks and the letters on the back and
1: all mm. that. So it was
2: great fun to do it again.
1: So, the, so it took 10 days to do it the first time round, 50 years ago. How long did it take to do this new version for the Farewell Tour? Uh,
2: not, not dissimilar time, except I, I, the last thing I did was his head. And I, was, I almost had sleepless night wondering how I was going to get the head to work. Because um, you know, the hair is different, the glasses, and the view—the slightly different angle of the head. But you know, getting a likeness is a tricky bit, and I was mm. petrified of doing that particularly. It worked; it was fine. But you know, I did it quite quickly in the end—that last bit. Mm. But you know, these are the problems of uh, being an illustrator. <laughs> now we, we about such matters.
1: Yeah, I wanted to ask as well about the, what, how you would uh, label or describe or categorise your style of artwork for this album. And, you know, if, if you looked at it as an art expert, how how would you describe it? What What is it?
2: Well, I suppose it would be kind of, uh, as you say, posterish, children's book-ish, nostalgic, though looking backwards, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, you know, a kind of ly- lyricism, I'd hope, in the colours. And so on.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. It's hard to sum. I mean, you know, it's hard for me to sum it up because I did it. Yeah. So
1: yeah. Well, what do, what do your sh- what do your pals and what do art critics what do they call it? How do they describe it?
2: I think they try and avoid it. I don't,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think they want to say. they For that, up with be going on about it. You know, my friends. Like, oh, not that again. Oh, did you do that cover? Oh, really? They say rather, uh, you know, sarcastically. Mm. But I don't really go on about it that much. Well, I think, I think can't avoid it. I, I can't avoid it. You sad, can't avoid it. You
1: know? I, I, I think this I think this art art form and and, and what you've done here deserves one of these. A nice rocket, yes. Oh, okay, yeah, oh, all right, yeah, a nice yeah, little yeah, blast yeah. of the rocket, yes, indeed. Rocket records. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> yes. So um, um, now you worked on this this artwork, and they say the front, the the back, and then on the inside as well, the, the art that goes around the photograph yeah. and, and so on of right, the band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, there are also other things linked to this uh, amazing al- ar- album in a, on a creative graphical level, of course. The, the singles themselves are released with picture... Uh, uh, covers and so on. One that right. everybody always remembers is um, the sort of beer-toting Elton swilling his beer um, oh. on on the front yeah. of Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. Yes. And yes. then you've also got this little tattoo with the yeah. daggers and everything That's right. going on, That's right. which has yeah. just been very recently released as a very fetching raglan by Elton. And I've got one, so I'm very proud of that. Oh, Did, really? Yeah. yeah. Did you work on that artwork as well? no. Ah, okay. No,
2: I didn't do it. The inside one's are all done by different hands. Mm. Uh, Mike Ross did the Roy Rogers one, I think. Right. And there's an artist called David Scott who worked on some of them. And David is a very, very good artist who, If, if he's, he recently, not recently, but a few years ago, he did the original covers for the Philip Pullman dark materials books. Oh. Yeah, he did the elethiometer, which is on the front of the first book. Northern Lights is mm. David Scott painting, yep. and he did some of the drawings inside the album. As
1: well. Well, I've certainly come across his yep. name. Excellent, excellent to hear that. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. So, yep. so, so you, David, the other David, and uh, uh, Mr. Ross. So the four of you, basically between you, came up with all the all the great. Uh, uh, creations that go with good, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road and, and all that yeah, sales so, with it.
2: There's somebody here called uh, Chris Foster as well who did, of course. took the photograph of Elton Swinging the Beer, yeah. which you'll see has got a credit there. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's right. So yes. so, so the so, Magnificent yeah. Five, excellent, excellent. Well,
2: there you are, something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay, now yeah. I think we'll we'll take a break at this point and yeah. uh, listen to some of the the music that you've chosen for today's programme. And I'm very pleased that you've come up with a trio of really good songs Um, we're going to play first of all you've said to us that tiny dancer was one of your favorite songs and especially as depicted in the 1999 film almost famous so why don't we listen to the version first of all of that song and uh, thereafter um, you can tell us all about it home bit of Tiny Dancer, about most of it you heard there from Elton John, of course, from the famous album from 1971. The first track on the album, in fact, Mad Men Across the Water. Elton John, Tiny Dancer. And you'll be pleased to know we've got a very special guest on the programme. We welcome back Mr Ian Beck. There he is, like a rocket. How are you? <laughs> like a rocket. Yeah, did you enjoy
2: That's that? Why. I did, actually. Uh struck me very forcibly watching that film Almost Famous
0: mm.
2: when they're on the bus, the tour bus,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and they all start singing it. Yeah. Tiny dancer. And it's ecstatic. It's joyous. Mm. You know, it's what that kind of music should bring you out in people. Yeah. That sudden desire to join in. And that the way the song is structured is so clever that you have a kind of verse, then a change into that rumpty tongue chorusy bit and then another chorus which takes it to another level and it's Mm. it's it's that moment of like constriction and release, that release into the chorus is very exciting. And it it worked terribly well in that film at that moment. It was wonderful. You know, it's a great film anyway, but that particular High
1: point, I felt. Yeah, no, it is. High I can't point. believe it's almost quarter of a century old. That film now, but wow! But yeah, it's very good. Yeah. but it is a great film, and um, yeah. and it's why I like to talk to artists like you because you, when you describe that the the uh, you know the the chorus and and then the second chorus. I mean, this is it, it's it's great the way you're analysing it. I can sort sort of picture it almost graphically, and I think that's wonderful. So it, it's it's really oh, yeah, nice to, yeah. to hear that.
2: It works. It's a bit like um, the architect uh, Frank Lloyd Wright used to say there was constriction and release. So you went down a narrow hallway, which opened into a big room. Mm -hmm. You had that shock of that moment of coming into the bigger space and that chorus bursting out from that song is a bit like that, I think. Um, And the words are so wonderful too.
1: Let's not forget. They are. 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 uh, Bernie
2: Torpin's words, brilliant. You know, those words are beautiful.
1: Now, you mentioned the film the and. On, the
2: headlights on the highway. Yeah. You know, it's a wonderful
1: line. Yeah. 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 It's like the cat's eyes. <laughs> the cat's yeah. eyes on the tarmac. Just, just... But yes, headlights on the highway. Um, it, yeah. was, it, was it from that film that that song came to you? Or, or did you have had you already come, you know, had you been absorbed by that song in the first 25 years of its existence as well?
2: Not partic- No, not particularly. I mean, I probably had heard it a few times, mm. but it struck me very forcibly with its use in that film. Right. And uh, the way they the, they all responded to it, and joined in in that kind of little like, mm. moment of, of great pleasure. I thought, God, that is a good song. And it really great. struck me. Fantastic. At that point, you know, what a wonderful song it is. It
1: is indeed. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Now, you also remarked before the programme that you're a big fan of the song Benny and the Jets and how appropriately it's from this album that we're paying tribute to uh, yeah, tonight. Well,
2: well, well, when I had my first copy of the album and took it home... <laughs> mm-hmm. I had the yellow vinyl, by the way, of course. Oh, of course. Um, yeah, mm. I, I took it, and that was the track that really got me. I thought, "Wow, that's brilliant," because I like Tamla Motown, and I like disco, and all that kind mm. of dance music, mm. you know. And it just struck me: this is a proper bit of dance thumping here.
1: It was it's, great. It's rhythm and blues, isn't it? It's very much an R&B totally. track. Um, yeah,
2: I loved. I loved it. Mm. I still love it. I think it's like you know, it's terrific. That makes
1: you want to move around, even at my great age. So you're an artist. Well, tell me when you when you hear that song, um, which you're about to, by the way. Um, I want to know yeah. what it conjures up in your mind. Okay, what, what sort of what what sort of pictures does it evoke? So don't tell us. You you can no. you can have fun with us on this, and and we'll encourage everyone at home to do exactly the same. We're going to play that song right now, and uh, mm. a little bit of applause at the beginning. of Course is quite right. Uh, so we'll we'll have that in just a moment for you. I think I may have messed up the uh, the playlist actually, but never mind. We'll we'll bring it in in a moment then. Um, so what I was going to say is that uh, the the song uh, Benny and the Jets. Um, you know, ha- have a think about it, everyone at home as well. What what comes to your mind when you hear it? I mean, obviously, most people can say, well, all I can remember is seeing Elton playing it in front of me when he was on tour. Yes, okay, but what else does it bring? To, to you. And, I, and I'm yeah. going to ask people to, to do that. But we are going to switch songs, I think, because I've got a feeling that we may have actually um, brought up the wrong song. I can't oh. believe it. So we haven't got okay. Ben in the Jets. We're not going to play it. <laughs> Sorry to be a spoilsport, everyone. It's live radio, folks. We don't mix it in afterwards. What you see or you hear is what you get. So, um, you know, so let's talk for a few moments on uh, uh, it, it, it while, while that's all, all happening. Um, we're going to just go to the beginning of the playlist and we might retrieve it later, but I can't promise. OK, let's move on. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, also to tell us about the your, your third choice of, of song. Um, but before we do that, tell me, what what Benny and the Jets, what, what comes to your mind when you hear that song?
2: I think a very excitable crowd of people in a dance place, something like the old Camden Palace. Um, you know, a sweaty... <laughs> A sweaty scene in a dance hall, right? With uh, with spotlights, or maybe a mirror ball light flickering around on the crowd, and everyone everyone you know really going for it dancing mm. wise. That's what it's, comes up to me. Excellent. Great chords, just it's thrilling somehow.
1: I think I can. I think something that resonates with that, and it's sadly a, a culture that has disappeared like so many. But was the uh, the famous Northern Soul, which, as you know, in well, Northern yeah. England was yeah. kind of our version of Motown, I suppose, and you people would go to Manchester and various other places where there were yes, these, these big clubs. Did. I, did, I remember it all were, very were, well. Were yeah. you one of them? Because you say you're a no, Motown but, but, fan.
2: No, I, 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 I liked all that music. Mm-hmm. And I also did a clothes label for trousers that were very wide as worn by Northern Soul aficionados. Right. Which consisted of a shark. The, it was a drawing of a shark. and that I probably did that in '74 or something. Right. And that was for a clothes manufacturer up north, was making clothes which were specifically northern soul clothes. How about I that? A, I never had a pair of the trousers. Oh. nor did I see, ever see the finished label. I don't think, but I remember
1: doing the work. Oh my goodness! Do yeah. you know what yeah. this? This is uh, you know these stories are amazing because Legs Larry Smith's last month he said he had us he had a clothes story or two to share with us as well, uh-huh. and yeah. he said that his. His girlfriend had made uh, this, this incredible um, uh, suit out of um, um, Holiday Inn towels. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And another one yes. out of cushions, these glow cushions that Elton used to buy for him everywhere they toured. And uh-huh. anyway, and all of it was uh, put in a trunk and um, the airline, which no longer is TWA, uh, managed to lose the lot and, and he well, never man. saw it again. And he said, there's not even a photo anywhere of it. Oh, what a shame. Isn't it terrible?
2: TWA I had a friend Hmm. in New York a very feisty architectural historian and her acronym of TWA was try walking across that was her
0: (laughs) try
1: walking
2: walking across that was her way of saying TWA that's what she thought
1: I love it I love it (laughs) that's a a good one try walking across
2: try walking across yes
1: yeah what was it called trans world airlines wasn't it that was the original name
2: I guess so something yeah.
1: like that. Yeah, yeah. TWA. Yeah. yeah. And it's gone it's gone the same way as sadly Pan Am which I was I know
2: Pan Am, yeah.
1: which, yeah. which was actually a, a, a much missed airline a, a absolute, an absolute incredible airline.
2: And one of the great sights in New York was the Pan Am building of course, the art skyscraper. That's right. With the words Pan American across the top. But sadly no longer there.
1: Sadly, no longer there. Indeed. Okay. Well. Um, so let's turn then uh, to uh, our third song. So I'm afraid we we, we have lost uh, the, the the slot okay. for, for for Benny, um, but we all know this song, and I'm sure we can all we can all hum it at home. We all know the song, but a brilliant song. You're quite right. Worthy, worthy choice. So thank you for sharing that with us, Ian Beck. Ian Beck is our guest if you've just joined us here on Radio Elton John. So the third song that you chose, now this is an interesting one. You again went for the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road album. And here I know that um uh we will only really play the first half because um you've all the songs you've chosen are quite quite long, which is yes, which is lovely, no, very indulgent <laughs> of you. Um but we, we are gonna play this one. I'm determined. We will, we vow. Um now uh, Funeral for a Friend. That's a song that you, you you like so much, and I'm going to ask you as well to tell us what what makes this one such a, a flavour for you. But um, just give me a moment, and we're just uh, about to line it up on the programme. Okay. And then we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about it in just a moment. So Funeral for a Friend, of course, is the opening track of mm-hmm. Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, and it's always sandwiched in with another song, which is Love's Lo- Love Lies Love Bleeding. Lies bleeding. Gives you a, a grand total of about 11 minutes and uh, 6 seconds, um, if you're counting. So it's quite a colossus. It's longer than Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. It's a, it's a very long piece. But we're going to play you the, it's the first... Too. It, of course it's better, naturally. naturally, You're saying all the right things. OK, so let's have a little listen anyway to, uh, to Funeral for a Friend. Yeah. Steady on, folks. Steady on, folks. That's, that's what the production team are like here at the uh, at the studios here of Radio Alton. John, our special guest, Ian Beck, is online today, and we're really pleased that he's with us. Um, you heard there a very interesting version. Of course, that was a live version of Funeral for a Friend, wasn't it, Ian? Um,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm sure you you, you picked up on that. And um, what's interesting there is that um, this was uh, not from the good, Goodbye um, tour. So this was actually from way back when we all thought that Elton was gonna go on forever, you know, and uh, this was in fact on his 60th birthday, so it was actually recorded at Madison Square Garden in in New York uh-huh. uh, on the 25th of March, uh, 2007. Wow!
2: It'd be amazing for live, isn't
1: it? It's incredible, isn't it? It's, yes, it's very it's different, and I noticed yeah. sometimes yeah. some that that Farfisa organ and some of the stuff that's going on at the beginning there it was a bit delayed. It, it, it was certain things they were doing which is which is not tight with the studio version but uh-huh, it, yes. made, it made it all the more authentic, you know, incredible. Yeah,
2: well, I, I mean, I love that piece because of its you know, symphonic sweep, if you like. Mm-hmm. I was like symphonic music and classical music and film music and that strikes me as it's an amazing landscape conjured up with that piece. Uh-huh. You know, it, it, it worked for me very much visually. Right. I see, you know, sort of, blasted landscape and darkness and mist drifting and all these kind of things quite gothic but I loved it Mm. I always loved that and up the first thing I played when I brought the album home my yellow vinyl album Mm. and put it on the record player Mm. hi-fi whatever it was um, that struck me straight away as something wow that's different you know that's amazing so I hadn't heard that before in any of the visits to the office or anything so I had no idea that was coming you know it seemed
1: elton's gone prog rock you know <laughs> i must admit i've never heard it called gothic i've I've heard it called a lot of other things i mean oh, okay. one of which is soviet you know it sounds like a goose oh. step going on because it's it's a, it's a funeral march obviously so well, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's got that it's got that structure it's a very rigid structure in a sense and then it built the song is built on that structure so i think there's a touch of that but um but gothic wow i've never heard it called that before well, you are. i have now and who better, to, and who better to, to give it a graphical meaning than the man who came up with the cover for the actual album it doesn't get any better he does. well we're almost out of time but there's a few things I still wanted to uh, catch up on yeah, sure. with you um, if I may and first of all I know that you carried on working with the entertainment world until the 1980s so apart from Elton because you didn't work with him again right after this uh, no, no, did, who, who else did you work with though?
2: I, I, I did very little. I mean, I didn't do oddly not that much. I did th- more before, the Yellow Brick Road than in a way than after. I did do uh, some other album work. I did, I did a twelve-inch single cover for Stevie Winwood.
1: Oh, wonderful! Arc
2: Ark of a Diver.
1: Oh, wonderful! Nineteen seventy-seven yeah. or seventy-nine, I think that was, isn't it? Great. A later. Yeah, Arc of a I Diver.
2: Think, or 80s. Maybe anyway. in nineteen, maybe
1: in nineteen eighty. Might have been nineteen eighty.
2: Yeah, I, I I did the 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 12 inch sleeve for that. Right. Uh, But I'd say I I moved off into children's books really. Yeah. Um, When I had my own children I got interested in the idea of making children's books and I've done a great many of them Mm. Um, and that's been very pleasurable but you know you can sort of see looking at the Yellow Brick Road cover how that might translate into a children's book illustration
1: in a way well indeed I suppose I can see the uh, synthesis I can see how one thing can evolve yeah. into the next from that yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, sure. and you've been very successful as well I must say with your with your children's books haven't you you've, you've won awards Fair, yeah. and well, no, they, 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 they done well. Some,
2: some of them keep um, yeah I've won a couple of awards and, and things keep some of them are still in print and keep going mm. um, you know and they've been marvellous fun to, to work on with very good people editors and designers and so on uh, I've been very lucky in that respect.
1: Let's go and, back to, um, to to where you started, though, because obviously um, uh, I'm not sure what you wanted to be when you were a ten-year-old, but uh, at some point you went into art, and well, I know I you. Am you now. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I wanted to be. Yeah, there was no no no, no divergence. It was a straight path. So when you, I was ten or eleven. I wanted. I I looked at the drawings in books, and I wanted to do them. How wonderful! Yeah. Do you know I, what? I knew what I wanted to. I
1: knew this what is incredible. I wanted to incredible. Do you know, I'm so glad to meet somebody like you who says that because I once told somebody that I was 12 when I wanted to be a journalist and that's what I became. Mm. And no re- regrets, that's, that's been my path ever since. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 you, people always say, that no, it's impossible. You couldn't have been 10 or 11 or 12. That's when not you. Impossible. Well, it, it's what I decided. Because my yeah. mum asked me a question and she said, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's a bit cruel when you're 11 yeah. or 12 to ask this yeah. question, but she did. She, and then she gave me a multiple choice. She gave me a choice. It's not like, what do you want to be? And I want to hear what you're going to say. It was like, do you want to be? And it was a lawyer, a journalist or a dustman. Oh. <laughs> Those okay. are the three choices. So I took all of one day agonizing over the first two. Yet yeah, you can be certain I did discard the third option quite quickly. Um, yeah. And I ended up deciding that law would be fascinating, but I actually think that journalism might be more and that's what I decided to do. Yeah, but yeah. it's incredible to hear you say this as well, that you wanted to be an artist from such yes, a tender age. Yes, Wonderful. I, I,
2: I, I was, you know, at school, hmm. I was reasonably good at drawing, painting. I was interested in it. That was the main thing. And a very enlightened art teacher said to me, when I was about 13 or 14, um, why don't you go to the local art school? They have Saturday morning classes for children, which I didn't know about. Right. And I went, and at the moment I walked into that building, I realised I had come home. Well. The smell of oil paint, the smell of printing ink, students' posters on the wall. I thought, this is it. This is what I want to do. Amazing. You know, it was straightforward after that, trying to keep going and, and end up going there full time, which I did.
1: And this was yes. your local college, so you were. Yeah, at this Brighton Brighton is Brighton. Of
2: Art. Yeah. This was at Brighton. Right. And uh, I was very lucky. To, to go there at the time that I did because I was taught by some very very splendid um, people like Raymond Briggs yes John Vernon Lord and uh, John Lawrence and a myriad of excellent people it was very 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 good I absolutely had a wonderful time
1: there now I certainly was aware of this but I what what slightly confused me because I did look at uh, obviously your your story and your, your history and your biography um, I, I certainly knew about the connection with uh, Raymond Briggs, who of course is famous for children's books and uh, yeah. animation as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think everybody knows the name Raymond Briggs, uh, but uh, John Vernon Lord would have been more or less your contemporary. So how how was it that these people were no, teaching you? He's,
2: he's, he's older than me. I, I was six, I was probably eighteen when he taught me, and he's in his mid twenties.
1: Okay. Think. So yeah, a few yeah. years a few years yeah, apart. Yeah, so, yeah.
2: Yeah. He was he was young, but he was always hmm. tall, impressive, Viking like, with a large beard. Right, okay. and he's the only person in the world who could illustrate uh, James Joyce's *Finnegans Wake* mm. and make something of it. I mean, most people can't even read it, but there we are. He was—he's was amazing. Still happily with us. I'm in contact with him frequently. He's a delightful man.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. Um, yeah. Now, you, and we you both s-
2: share a love of uh, classical music.
1: Mm. And now we, we
2: discuss things like that.
1: We, we sadly lost, of course, Raymond Briggs last year. Um, yes. Yes. And a, a, a giant in this, in this, in this, in this uh, particular field that you're yeah, in, yeah, uh, of course, yeah. uh, painted the uh, the nineteen seventy eight story, the the Snowman, which became yeah, the animation, yeah. and, and and lots more since. What was he like as a as a teacher? I mean, you say he he taught yeah. you, but how how was it? Was it what sort awesome of uh, a chap was he?
2: He was he was very encouraging, but also quite critical. Hmm. Took no nonsense, but he he was also very good at drawing attention to things that we as poncy art students might not have um regarded as as interesting he would say look at that drawing and it was a comic strip in the evening standard Hmm. i think it was called matt bishop which was a western comic strip which ran every day in the standard and he said look at that look at that head bloody well drawn and so he he would draw attention to unregarded things Hmm. you know and his favorite artist was charles adams of course the famous for the Adams family yes the, the rather uh, he liked that kind of horror humour right he loved, he loved the darkness of all that you can see that in his work
1: I was going to say yeah. I mean in a yeah. way isn't, yeah. that's what he introduced to kids through the snowman isn't it because ultimately the snowman melts well, indeed, and disappears indeed. Exactly. And, I, and, yes. I, and I did once see an interview with him where he said that he, he was quite open about this he, he wanted to uh, introduce kids to the fact that nothing is forever that's and right. yeah. we have to yeah. move on and adapt so there you go. But uh, I can see yeah. where that connection in the Adams family and all that comes from. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You love those. Yeah. So after you, you've, you, you were at uh, Brighton uh, College of Art, you then came, you graduated, I know, in 1968. Yeah. And then you yes. moved to London, uh, of course, not yeah. immediately into... I mean, I know you, you, you quite quickly fitted into the art world and you worked with mag, uh, magazines such as uh, journals like uh, Good Housekeeping, Cosmopolitan and so yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, you, you, you also had to make ends meet. So I understand that you also had a part-time job in Harrods in the toy department. But
2: well, that was only for a, a few months. Oh, and right. In 1969, I first moved to London. OK. My then-girlfriend's mother... A very enlightened person said look well, you can work friday and monday at harrods because that covers people having a long weekend mm-hmm. so i worked in the toy department which was uh, great fun for the few weeks that i did it mm. and then i got a commission to paint the cover for stravinsky's rite of spring for wow. music for pleasure and that was a big moment for me Wow. And I got one of my favourite pieces of music And I thought, right, that's it I'm not going to Harrods anymore I'll just carry on now <laughs> You've you, made it I'm a freelance person yeah. you, You'd made it, fantastic well, By my own terms, partly yep. yeah. 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 So I stopped working at Harrods mm. I've never had another job since, ever So <laughs> there
1: you are Now, Music for Pleasure For those who are not initiated Of course, is a record uh, label It's part of the uh, EMI yeah. uh, brand and uh, uh, it's mostly sort of easy listening and, and classical music, is it? That's made- pretty much their uh, repertoire. They,
2: they, they tend mm. to you know, bargain price reissues that's for it. Older, older recordings.
1: You could buy them in, I, in Woolworths, yeah. couldn't you, in those kind of more discount shops? So, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. A bit
2: like the Ace of Clubs label on Decca.
1: Yeah, um, that's um, it.
2: And MFP, Music Pleasure. So the, the recording I illustrated was Igor Markovich, who was a kind of Russian... And a, and a great conductor. I mean, it's a terrific performance, in fact, mm. the Rite of Spring that I did the cover for, yeah. the old recording. is one of the best recordings. There we go.
1: You mentioned That's earlier that your, your sort of flirtation with the music industry was more sort of up to Elton's uh, Goodbye, Illibrary Road rather than afterwards. But a couple of drop, uh, names I have to drop in here, um, and I'd love you to expand on them, is Rikuda and Richie Havens.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, d- I did adverts for them. Adverse. Press ads, press ads, ah. you know, which used to appear in Melody Maker and Enemy. Right. So you'd have a full page drawing. I did uh, Richie Haven's Alarm Clock. Uh, and I did um, the press ads for um, Into the Purple Valley by Raikuda. Which again, you see, had that American car, that Hollywood, if you think of the cover of Into the Purple Valley, he's, he's Raikuda sitting in a cream uh, roadster, 1930s roadster, with lettering. Yeah, it's a great cover. But I I did the press ads for that. I did. I did the letter heading for Curved Air.
1: Curved Air. Remember them with the violin, electric violin. Oh yes. Curved Air, 1971. Something. Talking of Curved Air, and this is how we like to segue things on the show. um, Is you also did a bit of work in a restaurant at Gatwick Airport? Did you not?
2: Yeah, I did. Yes, I did. um, I kind of. I suppose there they they were images which were blown up to be. Uh, I think it's restaurant it was called the Voyager, and I did them for um, the Conrad Design Group were designing the restaurant, mm. and I did famous explorers going across uh, on, on on. I think they're on kind of baffles or part of the wall like a mural. <coughs> Sorry, um, and they were, um, but they they made a list of people we might. Choose to illustrate as explorers, and the first one on the list was um, Captain Scott. I thought it's not necessarily the best explorer <laughs> to have in an airport restaurant. Well, yes, as he fa- he died on his airplane. So on his that journey, one was removed. I seem to remember. But, ah, right. So yeah, they was, they was, listened was, to advice. Yeah, that that was the that was the biggest job at the time in the eighties. Yeah.
1: Fantastic, fantastic. Now, coming full round to um, to what you're doing now, obviously you yeah. have a website. Do you want to just tell us what that is, if anyone wants to have a quick uh, yes, browse? Yes, you,
2: you, you, you can find me on um, Ian Archie Beck Artworks, is my website, where I put my paintings, and you can buy prints there of, mm-hmm. of stuff that I've done. And I'm on Instagram, by the same token, Ian Archie Beck, which I use my middle name, Archibald, because to distinguish me from the children's book, Me, if you see what I mean, for doing grown-up stuff.
1: Ah, right, so you've put the (laughs) Archibald in to be sort of for the adults, right. Archie in the middle, yeah. yeah, So your first and your second name, then, are very Scottish. Do you have Scottish blood?
2: No, I no. Um, Oddly, uh, I was named Archibald after my father, whose first name was Archibald, and he was named after the Scottish doctor that delivered him. My grandmother, having had 13 children, um, had run out of ideas, I think, by number 11. (laughs)
1: That's wonderful. So
2: he was called Archibald, always known as Archie. I
1: see, I see. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. So the
2: Archibald is from him.
1: Right, right.
2: Not directly Scottish. I did a DNA test. It turns out I'm 30% Scandinavian, so I'm not quite sure where that all comes from. (laughs) So no Scots at all, I'm afraid.
1: So you must you, you must be a descendant of the wonderful Vikings who uh, well, came on came on tour many know, many years ago the tour, to the, to yeah, the tour. to England. It was a bit of a tour the, they put on, doesn't it? The
2: pillage tour. The pillage yes, tour. I
1: don't know. That's but, right. But
2: pillage people.
1: Anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, look, it's been absolute joy and pleasure to talk to you today, and um, Ian Beck. I mean, your your role with Goodbye Luke, Brick Road is is absolutely huge I mean next to the, the people who wrote the songs of course Elton and Bernie um, I think that you you're up there as well you know I mean we are definitely talking to um, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road royalty here oh. so we're absolutely delighted that you've been able to share some of your Thank memories you. of the of the album uh, with us is there any sort of last thoughts you'd like to leave with us about how, how how it was to work on it and I mean you said it was 10 days and you were rushed and you had to do it but they obviously loved everything you did and, and they didn't ask you to correct anything, right? They didn't. They, they wanted no, adaptations, no, no, but they didn't change. No,
2: there were, there were no corrections. No tipex was needed. No, no exactly. No. <laughs> I don't think they had the time to correct it if they'd wanted to, but uh, there we are. It was all, you know, obviously they had an October release and I guess I delivered sometime in the summer. I can't remember the dates exactly of when it was done, but... Um, the, you know pretty short yep.
1: turnaround I, I was going to say because the album was out yeah. in uh, in October so yeah. of yeah. course it yeah. it, all, it all moved very very quickly in 1973 yes. Yes, Okay well Ian thank you again thank you. so much for being on the show we're going my to
2: Pleasure
1: thank you No it's all all our pleasure and I'm also going to tell you now that we're going to finish with a song now I mentioned to you earlier that I've I've actually oh. chosen a song which is my favorite actually on Goodbye Yellow Brick Road uh-huh. um and um it's more, it, it perhaps it comes as a bit of a surprise to everyone, but anyway, it's actually the final track on uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. I'm going to test you here. Do you know what that is? Harmony. Well done. I
0: didn't go to the Hello, baby, hello. Haven't seen your face for a while. Have you quit doing time for me? Or are you still the same spoiled child? this the only place you thought to go Am I the only man you ever had Or am I just the last surviving friend Your feelings flow You're not lucky knowing me Keeping the speed real slow In any case I set my own pace By stealing the show
1: my very special thanks to ian beck the creator of the front cover and the back cover and bits in the middle of goodbye yellow brick Road" as we celebrate 50 years of an awesome album thank you again for listening and hear you next month